If you have your Bible, Psalm 51. Instead of reading all these verses, we're just going to read verse 1. Psalm 51, um, verse 1. So it's always good to see the book. Psalm 51, verse 1. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Father, thank you for salvation. Thank you for forgiveness. And Lord, we ask you to have mercy upon our souls. In Jesus' name, amen. I do not ask for the grace that God gave to Paul. I do not ask for the grace that God gave Peter. But I do desire the mercy that God showed to the dying thief on the cross. I can't imagine, can you imagine, two of them hanging there that were guilty. And you would think at the last moment, surely to goodness, they both would call on the Lord. But only one. And all he said was, Lord, remember me when I come into your presence. He knew one thing. He would stand before God. And Jesus said, don't you fret. I got you covered. I got you back. You will be with me today. In a courtroom, some seeking mercy, some seeking justice. So, justice versus mercy. First of all, they're in verses 1 through 3, and we're going to read these verses as we go, so if you leave your book open, <clears throat> let's read verses 1 through 3. I didn't read one, but have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression, and my sin is ever before me. He's been forgiven, but the memory's still there. My memory is still there. I know where I've sinned. I know where I've gone wrong. I know where I have backslidden. What if I didn't remember that? God's forgiven me, but what if I didn't remember that? I'd probably try if I didn't remember it. I know fire will burn, but what if I didn't remember? You see, a grievous heart. He's asking for his transgressions. Um, relieve me of these things. The story in 2 Samuel 11, beginning verse 1, it says, At the time that kings go forth to battle, David tarried at home. He stayed at home. Looks like to me, he should have been with his troops. But he stayed at home when the, all the others had gone out. And the devil saw an opportunity to tear him apart. The Bible says in the cool of the evening, and walking upon his rooftop, flat top roofs, he saw a woman taking a bath. Well, it don't say she was, but I've never taken a bath with my clothes on, have you? She was naked. He saw her. He desired to have her. Him being the king, he sent word. She obeyed. She came. She got pregnant. And word was sent to David. She's with child. Oh, me. What have I done? That story says that he sent for Joab. Told Joab, said, send you right home. 
Give him a little time off. Give him a furlough. So Uriah comes home. Reports to King David. You know what he said? What King David said? How is the war prospering? I mean, I didn't know war could be prosperous. How's the war prospering? How's the troops doing? Well, I'm glad you've come home. And I want you to go down and spend a little time with Bathsheba, your wife. So he departs. He goes down there. And word came to David. Say, hey, he went. But he didn't go in the house. He slept on the porch. He slept on the doorstep. David plans a big meal. Invites Uriah up for one last meal before he sends him back. Feeds him plenty of good food and pours the wine on him. And Uriah got drunk. Goes back down to his house. Word came to David, hey, old boy was drunk. He just barely got to the house, but he didn't go inside. <laughs> so the scheme is on. So the Bible says that David wrote a letter and sealed it. Sealed by the king. Sealed it up. Give it to Uriah. He said, as soon as you get back, son, give this to Joab, your commanding officer. Little did you Uriah know that his death warrant was in that envelope. It was sealed by the king so he couldn't open it. He delivers it to Joab. Joab opens it up and it simply says, In the hottest part of the battle, make sure Uriah is out front and the rest of you retire. Leave him standing there. They did. He was killed. In that story, as it continues, David's whole household began to have trouble. And when we look at this right here, David began to feel bad. Hey, the child died. The child was born and a child died in 2 Samuel chapter 12. God says to Nathan, Nathan, I want you to go down to, you, to uh, David's house. He's really struggling. He's suffering. Sin is eating him alive and he needs somebody to go and talk to him. And so Nathan goes... God told Nathan what to tell him. And the story goes that Nathan says to David, um, there was a man who had many sheep, but he had one little ewe lamb that he thought and loved so much, he stayed in the house with him. In fact, he treated him like it was his own child. And some company showed up one night, and they wanted that little lamb, and so they took it against the man's wishes and killed it and eat it and he said what do you think and David says that man ought to die and probably with regret and a heavy heart Nathan says David you're the man this is what you've done this is what you have done David a king a man who the Bible says was, was after God's own heart I mean can you imagine but the devil saw the opportunity. So he had a guilty heart. But secondly, we see beginning uh, in, in verse 3. We'll pick up there again in verse 3. Let's read verses 3. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Through 10. For I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me. He's thinking back about all this stuff he's done. And it all started with a look. Okay? It's okay to look. 
But when you look and when you desire and when you do all you can to get what you want, that's when it becomes a sin. That's when it becomes what the devil wants. And listen, watch this as it unfolds. Against thee, David says, against thee and thee only have a sin and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, he said, I want you to look. I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Now, it doesn't mean that David's mother got pregnant out of wedlock, okay? But in sin, I was conceived. He was born a sinner, as all of us are, okay? We are born lost. Verse 6 says, Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. He said, wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Hyssop has to do with a ceremonial cleaning, and David knew that, and that was in the Old Testament, and he wanted to be washed thoroughly, he says in the, in the, in the scripture there. Um, wash me, in verse 7, the second part, wash me that I shall be whiter than snow. He wanted to be clean, but he's bearing these burdens as many times we do. You see, others cannot blame, uh, others we cannot blame for our sin. Uh, David acknowledged there in verse 3, I acknowledge my sin unto thee. You see, sin cannot be hidden. Uh, The Bible says, be sure your sins will find you out. Okay? What if? Bathsheba had not had a baby. What if? What if Uriah hadn't been killed? What if Uriah somehow another could have known what was in that letter? What if? But it was all carried out according to the devil's arrangement through David being out of line, being out of step, and backslidden on God. You think about this morning's sermon. Hey, it can happen to all of us. It can happen to any of us. Sin is always against God. Verse 4 says, Against thee and thee only have I sinned. God always condemns sin. There again in, in verse 4. That thou mightest be justified when thou speakest to be clear when thou judgest. I know I'm going to stand before you, he says. That's why I want to be straight. That's why I want to be right when I stand before you. Sin springs from nature. Look at verse 5. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. God honors openness. Openness, look at verse 6. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts. Hey, he was eaten up. He was sick to his stomach for what had happened. And he can't undo any of it. He can't undo uh, getting Uriah drunk. He can't undo that. It's done. He can't undo the the letter that was sent to Joab. He can't undo that. Can you imagine the funeral service when they brought Uriah's body back? 
knowing I'm responsible for the man's death. He couldn't undo it. And then the baby being born, he couldn't undo it. And then the baby dying, I couldn't undo it. God accepts honesty. Being open and honest with God. God's always ready to give us a new start. Look at verse 10. Create in me a new heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. David knew God could do it. Give me a clean heart. And may my spirit be right with you. Well, let me share a third thing with you. Earnest supplication. Supplication simply begging and pleading and crying out to God without ceasing. Bible says pray without ceasing. And so when we look at that, we go back to verse 7. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than so. Make me hear joy and gladness. See, he, see, he wants to hear that joy and gladness from God again that he used to have. That thy bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. <clears throat> I mean, sometimes we don't repent of our sin until we're broken. Broken. Completely broken down. Verse 9 says, Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all mine iniquities. He didn't want God looking at such horrible stuff. Verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And look at verse 11. Cast me not away from thy presence. I mean, hey, I want to feel your presence, God. You know, we encourage, we invite, make, make the Holy Spirit make his presence known to us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Can you imagine the dryness uh, that he must have been feeling? And then he says in verse 12, restore. Now you can't restore something that's never been stored to start with, Okay. Look what he says, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. He didn't say I want to be saved again. He's saying I want you to give me back that happiness. I want you to give me back that joy. I want you to give me back that excitement that I had when I first got saved. Now when we look at this, you see a plea for cleansing. He's begging God to cleanse him. Wash me. I want to be whiter than snow. Uh, even though, hey, people knew what he had done and hey they went to two funerals they went to the funeral of Uriah they went to the funeral of that baby I've had some babies funerals it's not pleasant let me tell you it is not pleasant and the last one I told you the little boy lived an hour I can't tell you what the scene done to me when I saw that mama Standing at that little tiny two-foot casket crying, just hollering crying. I can't tell you what it done to my heart when I saw that daddy pick up that casket and walk it to the graveside. I told him, I said, well, you make sure you know the Lord because you'll get to hold him one day. You'll get to hold him. Two funerals, you ride, and the funeral of that baby. You think that woke up that community? Hey. And they saw David, a plea for spiritual healing. You see, he was broken. And he was begging God for this, for this healing. We see a plea for exception. Um, and a plea for the return of the joy. The joy. The excitement. 
Well, let me give you a last thing. A sacred vow was made and a promise was made beginning in verse 13. David's asking God. Now, he's done ask God to forgive him of his sins. He's asking him to have mercy on him. He's asking him to wash him. He's asking him to clean him. He's asking him to purge him. Get me back where I once was so I can feel good about my life again. And then here's what he says. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways. How can you tell somebody how to be saved? How can you tell somebody how to get back to the Lord after you've been backslidden if you never have yourself? How are you going to tell How are you going to tell anybody how to get anywhere if you've never been yourself? Even though we have these GPSs, we have maps, but along the way, by the way, that bridge, when you come to it down there, make sure you're in the left lane because there's a big pothole in the right lane. GPSs don't tell you about potholes. So unless we have been there, we can't tell anybody, we can't tell somebody how, what to look for. So David says, Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. You know, when we get back in step with God, when we get things right, and when we go forward in the name of Jesus, other people see it. And they think, well, hey, if God can forgive that person, surely he can forgive me and restore me back. And sinners shall be converted unto thee. That's a witnessing example. Well, verse 14, look what it says, 14 and 15. Deliver me from blood guiltiness. See, he was guilty of Uriah's blood. Really, he was guilty of that baby's blood. Deliver me from blood guiltiness. Oh, God, he's calling. Thou God of my salvation, the one who paid for my sins, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. He'd been there, you see. He knew what it felt like. He's begging God to get him back there where he can teach sinners, hey, this is a loving God, a forgiving God. If I can be forgiven, then you can. And we see the witness there um, in verse 15 as we uh, says, O Lord, open thou my lips and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. The Bible says with our same tongue, we praise God and we curse God. With the same tongue. Isn't that amazing? The same tongue. For thou desirest not sacrifice. God, God's not looking for a sacrifice here. Else would I give it. David said, hey, if that's all it took to get myself right, I'd give it all to you. But they ain't going to get it. Thou desirest not in, uh, uh, delightest not in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou will not despise. Look at verse 18. Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Sometimes because of sin, the walls in our life get torn down. The walls get destroyed. The walls have cracks in them. That represents a sin. 
uh, that is in our lives, and we must get it confessed. We, we are, 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 are light reflectors. One of my newest friendships, the man's from the Dominican Republic. His name is Lewis. And if he wears a hat like I usually wear, y'all see me with a camouflage hat with a brim all the way around it. You know what his nickname is? Gilligan. <laughs> and we were out here, I don't know, it was Thursday, wasn't it, Scott? And the sun was hot. I've never experienced what I experienced in that hole over there Thursday. As the sun began to go on down, it reflected off of one of the windows in the church house. And I am not teasing. I could turn my face to the sun and it was warm. But if I got right in line with the reflecting, I'm not exaggerating, it burned to the point I had to move. That was a reflection. That was not the sun. It was the sun reflecting off of that window. And literally, I mean, it would burn you. And I'm thinking, wow. And I am a reflector? Am I reflecting that kind of heat? Am I reflecting that kind of love uh, from God? I've, honestly, I have, I've, I've, I've experienced reflections but not like I did over there that day. I could not believe that the reflection was hotter than the real thing. Jesus has already come, and he's gone home. He, he says, I am the light, but then he says, you are the light. Okay, we are a reflection of that light. We ought to be true and real and genuine and loving to the point people say, wow, I never felt something like that. It was, it was a sure enough experience. Oh, that God Almighty would have mercy on my sorry soul. That God would have mercy upon me when I stand before him. Look at verse 1. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of the tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. I, I need to be washed every day. Washed. We sing that song, Are You Washed? in the blood. We are reflectors. May we be true and reflect the love of God and reflect the forgiveness. I've heard people say, I've been so bad, God will never take me back. God didn't get rid of you, but he's waiting on us to confess our sins. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the time together. With my family, Father, I thank you for them. And I pray that you'd bless their lives in a mighty way. Lord, help us to really be a genuine reflector of your love. That whatever you ask us to do, we do it. Thank you for the example of David coming to you, begging, pleading with you to forgive him and to wash him. And Lord, you, you did all that he asked. But we also understand that the sword never left his house. Sin has consequences. We can get forgiveness, but the consequences will come. I pray that you'd help us to realize and know, without you, we are nothing. In Jesus' name, amen.